0: The <laughs> cat (laughs) Thank you. Hey, y'all, before we get started, if you are enjoying this podcast, if you've listened to several episodes and have learned anything, if you'll do me a favor, take a screenshot and share this with someone who is a newbie in your life who's interested in NFTs but might feel overwhelmed. We want to get this education into the hands as many or the ears as many people as we can. So if you'll do me a favor and share this with one person in your life who you know would enjoy this content and have some fun learning about NFTs, we definitely appreciate it. Let's get into the show. We have been talking a lot about how NFTs can grant you IP rights to some of your favorite characters in your favorite shows, and this whole world emerging for quote, fan-owned entertainment franchises, which sounds pretty cool, but let's be real guys, do we actually even know what that means? Okay, so today we're going to shine a light on a superpower that you might not know you had.
1: Look, are you interested in investing or collecting NFTs but are overwhelmed with all the information? Heather and I were true, true NFT newbies. We're going to break it down as we're learning, as we wander unafraid into the world of digital art.
0: Listen, y'all, we're going to cure you of your FOMO, mildly educate you, and give our unqualified opinions and hopefully have a lot of laughs along the way.
1: All right, everyone. So Bennett, I, I want to say Bennett the brain is back because <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> dude, the dude it. is I'll packing, man. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? But Bennett is back. Uh, he's going to shed light, like Heather said, but on how to negotiate a deal to get something developed with the IP rights that you may have received when you got an NFT. And we'll also discuss a little bit of the general concept of fan-owned entertainment uh, franchises. But if you don't know Bennett, he's been a guest before way back in the beginning, crushed it then, he's going to crush it today. But he is a business development at Unstoppable Domains. So that episode on domains and uh, ownership of your domain and your own kind of wallet address is what we kind of covered. And then obviously partnerships at Deadheads NFT, who's a partner to us right now and a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic project. But Bennett, long intro, but welcome back, dude.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me again, guys.
1: So let's talk about IP and how to negotiate potential deals. Uh, And we'll just start at the very basics. I bought something that gives me IP rights to a character or to an image or whatever it may be. And now it's my time to explore that and do something with it. What are the first steps there that I should be thinking about?
2: Yeah. So maybe, and maybe first we can just talk high level about, you know, this idea of what it means to have like distributed IP and then we can get into turning that into something or working out a deal for someone else to turn into something or whatever. But to me, it, it all comes back to this idea that with any IP property, uh, whether it be like your favorite TV show, video game, movie, you know, comic book, whatever it might be, when that brand is successful, all the value goes to the company that created it, right? which is like, you know, that's certainly not unfair. They created it. They put in all the work to to make it into something. They funded it originally or either with money or sweat equity or both or whatever. And so as they grow it out, if they're able to turn it into something massively successful, that's great. It's great for that single entity, right? With distributed IP, it's a little bit different. And so you have projects out there. There are quite a few of them now, Deadheads, of course, being one of them. But there are a lot who say, hey, we're going to kind of control the central IP, the name of it, the kind of overarching thing. But each of you are able to go do what you want with yours, right? And what that means is as the brand grows and becomes popular, everybody involved can benefit, which also is fair because they were there since the beginning, right? So this is the first time in history we've been able to be a part of something when it was brand new and kind of place our bets, if you will, and say, I believe in this one, for whatever reasons you are for believing in it. So I'm going to put some money into it. And it's essentially the seed funding. So if Walt Disney could have, could have crowdsourced the funding to create Mickey Mouse and all these things, there'd be a lot of people out there benefiting in huge, huge ways right now from what he's turned that into. That's one aspect of it. So there's the, the distribution of value to the people who offered up value in the first place to begin with, like with their money, right, with their investment. The other part of it is sort of decentralization of decentralization of idea creation. Right. So now you've got thousands of people who, if just a couple of them have something really cool that they can do with it, that benefits everybody else. Right. And you have this potential for like it's like an exponential growth factor that could happen where the first person to do something really, really cool with something that belongs to a given brand. Right. And we see this happening with the Board API Club. Everybody, everybody knows what NFTs are, probably knows knows them. And there's a bunch of others who are, you know, more or, or less well known. But all it takes is somebody to say, I've got these five characters and I'm a game developer, or I know one or something. I'm gonna go make this thing and it's going to be really, really big and maybe it will, maybe it won't. But somebody at some point does, then someone else can say, I've got another piece of that same property, not that game or show or comic book or whatever, but it's connected. Why is it connected? Well, you've got the same community around it. You've got the same fan base. You've got the same people who are cheering it on and want it to be successful because they have stake in it. Right? So you can see this like springboard piggyback effect where One popular item inspires another, inspires another, inspires another. And before you know it, there could be this runaway effect.
1: I just want to try and give a a hypothetical example. Like, let's look at like the Brooklyn Nets three months ago or two months ago. Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, right? Like the Nets as a whole is entity, aka deadheads, right? But if I were able to purchase a human or something like that, it's like, cool, I'm buying the James Harden NFT. And then you get the Kevin Durant and then Heather gets the Kyrie Irving or whatever. Like we could each have our own spin-off projects, uh, but it all kind of points back to the Nets, although the Nets aren't going to be the ones benefiting from it because we actually have ownership of our own individual things. But if you succeed, my chances of succeeding are just as high. And like, again, like it's that kind of overlapping of the where it came from, but where it's going is kind of like wherever your imagination wants. To. Is that like a fair analogy?
2: Yeah, I think it's a good analogy. I would only add that, like, it's not that you all would benefit and the Nets wouldn't. You all would.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Right. But instead of it just all going to a single entity, all of the resources and value and money going to a single entity and all of the creation coming from that entity. So, for all I know, there's somebody developing an unbelievably cool game in, you know, Hungary right now based on Deadheads and hasn't told anyone because they're shy or whatever. We don't know. Right, there's there's no way to know. But then if they publish it and it's like, whoa, this is really cool and it catches attention, then somebody else can take their thing they're working. There's a guy who's making a uh, he's doing an animated musical with his like skull troopers. <laughs> it's a story he's been working on for a long time already, anyways. But once he learned NFTs, he's like, I'm going to use NFT characters to to bring it to life. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and he can do that.
2: He can do that, right? And we can build on each other's successes, right? So you guys know I'm working on comic book for mine. Yeah, if that comic book is popular. Then that's going to just put more eyeballs on the whole brand itself, which then allows someone else to say, oh, you like that comic book? I made a game that is connected. So then you can just build on each other's successes.
0: I want to get into just like very basic nitty gritty here with, with, with just you personally, Bennett, if, if we can. So correct me if I'm wrong. I believe you are the number one holder of Deadheads and FT. Like you have an insane amount. You went in heavy at the very beginning and you just yes. alluded and said like, hey, I'm also like developing out this comic book and so forth. Can you kind of walk us through your mindset, what you're seeing, like as far as like you decided to go all in. You have these rights and how you are using those to create a comic book like walk us through that whole process
2: yeah sure so i've been a sort of hobbyist writer for for a while now but you know always kind of saw that the chances of being able to have the time to like truly dedicate myself just to writing and story creation while managing like full-time job and stuff and kids and everything is probably unlikely which is why when i found this world it was so cool and so exciting for me to be able to say i have these rights and I could go and do something with it on my own, but I don't have the bandwidth of the time. But that's where like partnerships and collaborations come in. And so I got to know the team at Macroverse, who they have a great history in entertainment, as it is. They've worked with a lot of amazing movie directors and producers, uh, game developers. They've developed games themselves. All these great things, and you know they're able to tap into the value that exists in this community. Which to me, the, the, the like the value from day one before you've established like a popular brand or media property, the value from day one is an instant fan base. Maybe not a massive fan base, but from day one, you've got thousands of people who are rooting you on. And so they could certainly have just gone to Deadheads or any other project and say, I'm going to buy a dozen of these to make these characters and develop them out. Or they can reduce, and then put in all their own sweat equity to develop the product and all that stuff too. Or they can reduce their own risk and say, we're going to partner with lots of different projects that already exist, do a deal with them where we split the, the, the revenue, split the, the benefits 50/50. And now, instead of having to put in both the capital investment upfront to, to buy the NFTs and get those IP rights and put in all their time drawing and writing and, and all these things, instead they can reduce their exposure and diversify by partnering with a bunch of different projects. Uh, and in my case, instead of partnering directly with the Deadheads project, they partnered with me because I already had a story to pitch them. And I had these great characters that just look cool, frankly. I mean, a lot of it's just aesthetics, right? Which which characters kind of would look look awesome on the page. And frankly, there's some gray area there, right? Because you could take a, a character from Deadheads or any other collection that looks okay, and you have the rights to do what you want with it. So once you start drawing the comic, you could give them some cool extras and stuff like that. <laughs> so, you know, frankly, a big part of it was I... Early on in my journey, and Heather, you were alluding to like what, I kind of went all in and and just went on this journey w- with Deadheads. I gave like a persona to one of my characters pretty early on, and I named him. I talked about him on Twitter and stuff like that. And now like everybody knows who he is, you know. And so it, it's like he's real now.
1: What do you think is stopping people? Like you, literally just executed. You're like, wow, I now have an outlet. To take something of mine that I don't have enough time for usually, that's kind of a hobby, but is really fun to me. Now I have not not just an outlet in terms of NFTs, but you have an actual character and you could build around that. But what do you think is stopping people who are similar minded or maybe in the same situation as you were from actually being like, I'm going to start talking to people and making this thing come alive. No pun intended.
2: That's a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's funny. I like that. Um, that's a good question. You know, I, I think part of it is the same thing that stops us from doing any exciting thing, you know, self-limiting beliefs and just like, well, I can't, it couldn't be me. I'm just some person, you know, and I, and I deal with that on my own too sometimes. So I think that's part of it. I think another part of it is saying, well, sure, you can take the, you can develop a game. I don't know how to develop a game. You can write a story. You can make a, a book or a comic book. Well, I'm not a writer, so I don't know, you know. And so some of those things I think could be because of believing or not believing in themselves, like, Oh, I could never be a good enough writer or it's because they're like, I'm not interested in writing. I'm not interested in developing a game. I could do something with these rights, but it's just, it's not me. So I'm going to see what somebody else does. I think there's a place for those people too, Mm -hmm. because there's opportunities for those people who just don't have the interest, don't have the time, whatever it might be to say, I'm just going to hold on to mine. And let's say it's three years from now. And this brand is so well-known, or five years, or whatever it is, this brand is so well-known that this is where we get into now striking deals, even if you're just a a regular person. You know, well, we're all just regular people, but you know what I'm saying. Because right now, if you want to develop a Family Guy mobile game, right, or South Park or something like that, most of those games that you can get in like the App Store or whatever are developed by independent studios. Sometimes it's by actually Fox or whatever, but... A lot of times it's independent studios, they just go get the licensing rights from those companies and it's multi-million dollar deals and all this stuff. Whereas instead you could say, if you owned, you know, a board ape and it was a really cool one, or you'd you'd built a following for that character on social media or whatever, you'd put in the time to do that. I don't think you can take just any old random character and go like strike a deal with a producer or a game developer or whatever. But if you've put in the work to like build a following for that. Artificial entity, basically Mm -hmm. this like synthetic celebrity. Then you can go to a game developer, I think, and say, "Hey, I've got this character. I've got twenty thousand followers on Twitter for this character, which is a lot in NFT world, right?" Yeah. Um, And if you develop a mobile game, you'll have instant fan base. Yeah, that's nuts. I'll get you twenty thousand downloads on day one, right? And and so now it's like, okay, so let's split it, right? And so I think you do have to put in work. Sure. I guess that's what I'm trying to say, right? And if you can just put in a work to for people to to have some kind of a connection to a character, then you can monetize that.
0: So when you're doing things like starting a, a comic book or or whatever, you have this this original drawing really of the, of this character. How do you I guess develop that out while protecting the artistic side to that character? Do you actually have to employ the original artist again or do you offboard that to somebody who can do something similar? How does that work?
2: Great question. Yeah, that is a good question. So um, no, you don't have to go back to the original artist. I, I can't speak for like every project out there, but the ones who've really put in the work and effort have their terms of service written out and usually pretty easy to find on, on their website. Deadheads has this, a lot of other projects do too. If you just kind of go to like the bottom of the website for that NFT project, you can usually find the terms of service. And if you truly have the rights, then it should be written in the, in the terms of service there that the artist, because usually the artist is not leading the project anymore. You've got like a couple founders, they hired an artist, maybe the artist is getting ongoing royalties, hopefully forever, but that artist has relinquished their ownership of the image on the copyright. And then the company has granted you unlimited license to do what you want with that IP. So from there, you can work with other artists to say, you know, let's pixelate it. Let's make it into a 2D character. You know, let, let's do whatever we want. Or if you're an artist, you could do it yourself.
0: Hey guys, we're going to take a really quick break to let you know about a course that I went through that I really loved and it's called NFTs Simplified. Now, this is from Sean Specy, who came out with this really short, easy to digest NFT course to help brand new newbies learn the how and why behind NFTs, how to buy NFTs, what in the world is minting phase, secondary market, a little bit about security. I originally connected with Sean because I loved his graphics and the way that he was able to draw out and literally simplify this whole NFT game. And even being in the space for quite a while and understanding some of these basic concepts when I went through the course, I just loved it and actually learned some things. It's linked up in the show notes. It's NFTs Simplified and it's only 19 bucks. So click over there, grab the course. If you're like me and you need to see things visually drawn out, Sean's going to help you out. Again, that is NFTs Simplified.
1: And just to be clear, everyone, if you didn't hear the first episode from a ways back, this does not mean you can employ the brand name you own the IP of a character, but not the brand name. You cannot put like deadheads on the comic book or anything like that. Which leads me to my next question. What's the simplest way I can kind of explore the IP? Meaning like lowest barrier entries, like cool, I want to put my deadhead, who I haven't named yet, we'll just call him Richie Rich. I want to put him on a pair of socks. You know what I mean? And I just want to see what that's like. Like what's the simplest way to start and do something simple that doesn't evolve too much risk?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think you can do stuff like stickers and uh, I made some like lapel pins of my character <laughs> and stuff like that. I just did that with stickermule.com. you know. Uh, it was really easy to set up. I haven't sold any. I gave away a <laughs> bunch at NFT NYC last year yeah. and, and just just for fun. Yeah. So I think you can do stuff like that. I would say my recommendation to anybody who's trying to do this kind of stuff before they do that is create a persona for that character. Get people to care about them. Because I don't think, you know, like Richie Richie just named him right now. I don't know who he is. I don't know if I care about him. If you started selling stickers, I might buy one just because you're my He's friend, real cool, but, trust me. You know, <laughs> But if you started like, maybe you gave him his own Twitter account and you're like posting funny stuff. I'm like, oh, this guy's cool. People start to have an emotional connection to a character, just like we do in the real world, right?
0: Do you have any tips on that? I asked uh, Tempo the other day because he mentioned, you know, and really, this is Deadhead specific, but I think it's applicable to a lot of projects, like in order to get people to really care, you have to get them to fall in love with the story. And he mentioned, you know, falling in love with characters. And you just mentioned that. I'm just wondering, like, practically, if you're not like a animator storyteller type person, but you want to develop out your own NFT, how did you get people to fall in love with, with the character? How did you build that persona online?
2: Yeah, man, that is a great question. Part of it comes naturally to me a little bit, I guess. I don't think you want to like force yourself. If you're not creatively minded if you don't like making up stories and personas and stuff that don't force yourself to do it right <laughs> yeah, um, solid. find something else you know what I mean find something maybe maybe you want your character to be somebody who gives tax advice you know and like <laughs> yeah. because you're a tax accountant or something like that that would be me. and you can get you could get a deadhead who wears this the suit and tie you know and be like this is Larry the the accountant and come to my next Twitter space and I'll get you know and so you could do stuff like that like I think you definitely want to just like anything else, life tap into the things that you're passionate about and that you're good at. Um, so, how did I do it with Sal? I just it, it sort of just came naturally. I just tried to have fun with it, right? And talk about what he's into and like speak on his behalf. And you know, I, I got a lot of derivatives made of him. So I just reached out to artists who I thought were cool, and I said, "Would you draw Sal in your style?" Like, I didn't pay pay anyone to do that. I just said, "Would you want to draw him in your style?" Because it's fun, and you know, all other artists have done it, and they're like, "Sure." And so then now I'm like tweeting, like, wow, this amazing artist just uh, did Sal in their own style. And people are like, go Sal, you know, and whatever. So it just, it started evolving from there, right? And I, and I paid attention to what people were responding to, uh, what they thought was fun and whatever, and then just tried to like follow that path.
1: It's so similar to me to personal branding, like. The things that people do for themselves, yeah. you know, the stories, their why and the types of posts they make, they see what works, what doesn't work. It's like literally the same thing before your imagination, you know, for like what you now own IP towards.
2: This may not like feel this way right now in this conversation, but I'm an introvert, you know, in, 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 real, in real life, right? Which means like after this call, I'm going to be like exhausted. <laughs> but <laughs> I have someone I'm on the call, but it does sap me in my energy, right? Anyways. To be able to kind of hide behind like a character is actually really freeing, you know. And I even like a couple of weeks ago, I put up my own actual face on Twitter. I was just trying to make a point about like authenticity in the space and stuff. And I did it for like a week. And then when I put Sal back up as a profile picture, people were like, oh, there you are. You know, <laughs> so, like, thank God Sal's back, you know, like I didn't recognize you before. You know, so it's like, that's how people know me on social.
0: I know we're getting close to time, but I... I think I know the answer to this, but it's still, you have to touch tell me because I feel like I would still need to ask permission. Like you would still need to go to Jeremy and Tippo be like, listen, I'm going to be creating a comic book, et cetera. And maybe you did because I know you have a relationship with them out of respect or whatever. I don't know what that looks like, but I guess my mind's so wired that you can't do stuff like that. Is there any kind of like etiquette there where maybe you could go do something, but it's kind and of nice to go ahead and inform the creators?
2: I agree with that. Yes. Um, in fact, we did do a separate uh, agreement and that was really, we we asked for that and they were like, you're good, man. You know, like we trust you and the terms of service are there on the site and stuff. And I said, J- this is just like a legal thing because macroverse is involved. We want to make sure every little thing is covered. And they were like, that's cool. Right. So I think if you were going to, if you're going to go make some t-shirts or stickers or something, I think you're good to go as long as there is like a publicly posted terms of service somewhere. But if you're going to like, if you have the means and wherewithal to make like a major motion picture or something, you might want to go to the creators and say, Hey, I've got like funding for a major motion picture. I'm going to do this thing. Can we look at an agreement together? Like I would approach them.
1: Awesome. Well, Hey, we're going to close out real quick uh, with a random question from the audience. But first, obviously please let us know where we could find you and where we could learn a little bit more about Sal.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, So I'm primarily on Twitter. So, you can find me. It's B E N X I T. There's actually an underscore before and after. So, underscore B E N X I T, and then another underscore. Also, connect with me on LinkedIn. My real name's Bennett Phillips, two N's, two T's. Um, you'll find me, you know, if, if you find someone by that name who works for unstoppable domains, that's me.
1: All right. Well, we wish Sal and Bennett the best of luck. Uh, so, this is from Dan Williams, 17. Art. What is something you saved your pocket money to buy as a kid that you still have today?
2: That's a really cool question. Though. <laughs> yeah. I still have a bunch of old toys. Yeah. And I don't think I could single out one of them that I like personally saved up for versus ones I got for gifts and stuff. Cause it's just been so long ago, but I've got a bunch of transformers and like Ninja turtles and stuff <laughs> that my kids play with now that are from when I was a kid. So definitely something or in the massive bin of Legos that we have something in there.
1: Nice. Heather parody. Do you have anything?
0: Of course I have a praying doll to teach you how to say prayers to the Lord, but her hand's a little bent like this and her hair's crazy and her foot's chewed off. So she's doing this number, but I'm never going to get rid of her. She's my spiritual doll (laughs) and creepy doll.
1: (laughs) I didn't save money for this, but like I have all these coins my grandfather used to give me when I, 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 like I never knew what to do with them. And I just like put them in like a Ziploc bag. I like, it's not a toy, but like, I'll never really understand. Like one day I'll probably be like, hey, what is this? Because they're very unique and they're from all different countries. It's super strange, but I always like that. So getting money from other countries, I guess, is, is, is not a kid thing, but like I love keeping money from other countries. It's just kind of like your own little passport in a wallet. So that is it. But thanks again, Bennett. And look, guys, if you have not been part of our community or you want to be part of our community, you know where to find us. And if not, it's Discord, okay? So we will put the link in the show notes. And we are also doing lives on Instagram every Tuesday and Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern. And that is a wrap for today. We'll see you next time.